Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. Okay, we are back in the throes of Christmas holiday season. Holiday season. Holiday hoopity to what? Wait, S holiday season. 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 When did that start? When did the S Z N thing start? I really don't know. It's chilly season. It's Christmas season. To be honest, it's so weird. Like when I ask those kinds of questions, I'm like, I feel old because that is what I think Gen Z did to marketing that we all now do like season. There's always been acronyms. Think about TTYL. Think about. It's just shortening the word. Yeah. Did you write hags in yearbooks? I mean, it was like a joke. Like hags. Yeah. Hags. Have a great summer. That's funny. It's funny too. When you think back about hags, like, okay, the end of the school year, you're writing in everyone's yearbook. We can't say what it means. And I want people to chime in. Please let us know if you're listening to this and you don't know what hags means. What if they don't? First of all, I just said it. Second of all, who our age doesn't know what hags is? Well, you know what? Don't let Samantha shame you right now if you don't know what hags means. I just said it, though. I said it means I said have a great summer. Have a great summer. Okay. well, if you didn't know that, please be (laughs) honest with this. I just need a poll. Okay, I guess let us know. Put a poll up. Put a poll up on social media. What I was going to say is like if people are writing that in your yearbook in, say, May, (laughs) oh, like in July, I'm going to be opening my yearbook to be like, oh, have a great summer. Like, I'm probably not going to look at that until like. The next school year. Oh, I don't we know. always like went over to our friend's house right after signing yearbooks. And For we all sure. went over and like we all like would look at like what people wrote in our yearbooks. For sure. But like that was like the week of not well, like yeah. in July or August. But then they're wishing us a great have summer. A great summer in if, May. Why wouldn't they say like have a great life? Have a great next school year. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's so funny. Okay, like who but started that? Speaking of seasons, it's chilly season. I have an update. If you follow me on social media, you already know. But I really like, okay, two lessons I've learned. Number one, the next time I compete, (laughs) you stole it. Oh, the next time I compete in something, like, I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm just going to, like, do it quietly, succeed quietly. Because I had so many people texting me from 2 p.m. on all day, like, how'd you do in the chili thing? And I'm like, they don't even do the judging till six. Then, I was bombarded. And then I had to text back to everyone. I didn't win. I didn't even place. There was a first, second, and third place. Our sweet friend Jill was there and she had to deliver to me the news. Like that was bad. She texted me and said, you didn't win, but your chili was great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But this is a good humbling experience for you, Samantha. I mean, you don't get to be humbled very often. Here I am. Just kidding. Can I just say this? My lesson number two, I don't like goals because I don't like failing. And let me tell you, you know how they're like, oh, if you fail, you learn a lot from it. And it like is a good. Okay, But you did learn. You did change some things up. You said it sat in a crock pot too long. You think it was too brothy. So you did learn. I'm like, I won't do that again. I freaking hate the feeling of losing. (laughs) I don't like it. I don't want to fail. I'm not even a competitive person, but I'm like, no, I legit think mine is still the best. And so I love making a goal because I never lose a goal. That's when you like a goal. Just kidding. That's concerning. (laughs) That needs to be a whole other episode. I am just joking. No, but seriously, like I really had a bad experience with it. I was embarrassed. I was like sad. Okay. Also, I found out there were like 30 something chilies in the thing. I didn't know. a lot of chilies. When you said that, I was like, oh, wow, that's a lot. And I wasn't even there to know like what was it about the winning chili. So have you ever been to a chili cook-off? 
No. Okay, well, I'm I mean, not I've seen them on I TV. I have been to now two in recent years okay. because my husband's work is a part of one. Okay. And you go around this big expo center and you taste, I mean, I probably taste No, but people chilies. didn't vote on them. Only three judges chose the actual winners. Well, I'm winners. even saying like even the three judges Oh, though. yeah. Wouldn't you taste one chili? I'm not saying they're I all the know. same. I'm just saying though, it's really actually very hard I know. to keep things apart. So I would imagine with any judging contest. It had to be, sta- to be honest, yeah, it had out. to stand out in some weird way. So well, like what was the winning sweet, chili? I don't know. That's what I asked someone else because What if it was like a white chicken chili? How mad would you be? I doubt it because I did think this later. I'm like, you know what? For a competition, they don't want a sweet potato in a chili. They want like if you're going to choose the best chili, you're really going to go for like if I was judging, I would probably think like what is the most like classic good chili? So two things that I think happen. First of all, (laughs) my husband took the crock pot later in the day. I didn't know where it was placed. I don't know where it was placed, you know? And people could pay $2 per cup to like try. It was a fundraiser. Oh. But then three judges judged it. I don't know. It was mine. The last to be judged was it the first like, that's a freaking lot of chili to taste. Yeah, it's a ton of chili. Okay, here's my thing. When I made it the night before, I was actually excited that it was going to sit in the fridge all night because I think chili the second day is even better. So then I warmed it back up the next day in the crock pot. When Justin and I tasted it, we were like, wow, the flavors are coming through. Like we were really like, oh my gosh, like this is one of the best I've ever made. I was feeling so confident. No, literally. Okay. And so then the next day when it was in the crock pot, I was concerned about it sitting on low heat all day from like 2 p.m. at the drop off to six. So I added an extra beef broth and I think it could have diluted the flavor because I had all this broth thinking it was going to get cooked off. I stressed. We are stressed. I won't do it again. Like I literally thought I won't do it again. I won't. I've been burned and this is it for me. I'm hanging up my apron. I will still gladly cook my chili for all my friends and loved ones. But yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask you, have you ever made a beanless chili? Yeah, I usually don't put beans in mine. Oh, really? But you put beans in it the other day. I did. Okay. Well, I've never had your beanless chili. I want you to make me some. What? I've literally only ever had your sweet potato chili and it's always had beans in it. You can literally just like, I just add in beans if I happen to have a can. Like my recipe historically doesn't include beans, but if I have a pinto or a black on hand, I'll throw them in. See, I don't think I've ever had yours without beans. yeah. And I want to try it. You don't like beans? No, I like beans. My chili has beans. Yeah, but to add or take away, it changes nothing about the recipe. You either like put them in or you don't. I know, but I don't know. I feel like a beanless chili is very different. What? Like a totally beanless chili. Like, I don't know if I've actually ever had one. And I'm like, well, I want you to make me some since you're the chili expert. I mean, I mean you're not the chili use your winner. Same but recipe you're chili and I don't add the beans and then you have a beanless chili. Nothing about it changes. You might use a little yeah. bit less broth because while it's simmering, like you just want to have that broth like slightly over the top of it. And then as it simmers, that cooks down. So you would just put a little bit less broth. I just want you to make it for me. Okay. Can you make me some, please? Anyways, that's my story with my... I don't even know how long we've been talking because we forgot to click the timer. Oh, guys. Let's see here. So we both have our trees up. We're both going on a trip this weekend and then we come back and it's Thanksgiving next week. And then we're just looking at the calendar. There's essentially only like three weekends in December since Christmas falls on a Monday. That third week or that Mm -hmm. fourth weekend is like Christmas weekend, basically. Yeah, it kind of is in a weird spot. Obviously, Christmas moves like every day of the week and you never know like how that feels then in the week because it is like kind of clunky. Like the 22nd through the 24th this year is like pretty much Christmas. I know. Because like a lot of families will probably be celebrating. Over the weekend. Yeah, because it would just make sense. But maybe the season is finding you really excited and happy and ready to get into things. Or maybe the season is really hard for you and it's feeling full of grief, full of pain, full of sorrow. And so it's kind of what we wanted to talk about a little bit today. Of just like what happens when the holiday spirit 
does not feel cheerful. Yeah, when it doesn't feel like Christmas. And I say feel kind of funny because I think when I was prepping for this episode, I was thinking about all the reasons that we like want it to feel a certain way. And I was reading some articles. There's actually a lot of research that has been done in adults on like feeling the nostalgia of Christmas and like feeling Christmassy. So many of the articles were titled like, what do you do when it just doesn't feel like Christmas? And the word feel, it's so interesting because... I think the reality of this whole thing is that when we look at what the meaning of Christmas is and what it should provide, there are emotions that are stirred with like this expectation, this hope. We talked about this in our Advent episode of like why we celebrate Christmas. And that's right. So like at the end of the day, no matter what you're going through, no matter what life looks like, you can still have this expectation, this excitement that Christ came and will come again. But however, we're kind of looking more at like the reality is when everything around you is holly jolly and you see on Instagram all these people going to do fun Christmas things, but maybe you just lost a loved one. You're walking through grief. You're battling mental illness during the holiday season. Like holding that reality is different than what we know to be true is that like, okay, ultimately it's not about all this feeling, but I'm still saddened that it's not exciting. Did that all make sense? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think you could be sitting in this season not feeling joy-filled for a number of reasons. I mean, we've just named some, but that could even just be traditions that are lost or even a long time grieving someone. Maybe just this season brings up memories that you don't like to have. Or maybe even just you're in a new season where you just moved to a new place or you're somewhere where you feel really lonely. I was just like looking at different surveys of just like what are some of the stats of like mental illness and just like emotions around the holidays. Because I do think like you're saying, it's all about the feeling of that. And the National Alliance on Mental Illness reported that 66% of people feel lonely around the holidays, that 90% of people feel additional fatigue around the holidays, which that could be like obviously a number of things of just like we've run ourselves ragged too. But then over 80% experience more stress than usual. And I just thought, wow, that is so sad. I mean, it is just a hard time. And I think even entering into this conversation, we have little kids right now. And so I think it's easy to find excitement and just like watching the holidays through their eyes. But I want to recognize and I want to be a person who just can see the people who are really hurting or lonely or just this season is really hard. Yeah, I mean, it's so true. You see in commercials and in holiday movies, the whole thing of Christmas, other than what we're truly celebrating, which I think the whole point is like if we focus on that, there still can be this like excitement found no matter what you're walking through. But like culturally, it's a time that you see family. It's a time that you like have these traditions. I mean, I wouldn't say my family has like a ton of traditions, but some people highly value those. And I've had friends be like, I really am sad. I don't feel like my family really like had any traditions. Like I don't feel like there's anything to pass on. And there's all this weird nostalgia of like, oh, well, your family does this at Christmas. Like that's so cute and sweet. And like, I want that for my family and lost memories of, oh, it's just not the same as it used to be with my siblings. Like it makes you think about getting older. I don't know. There's just so many feelings that come up with the holidays that it doesn't surprise me hearing those statistics because you think too that everyone in the world is celebrating with loved ones and feeling loved and comforted by the people around them. And you might think you're the only one who doesn't have that. And so I think it magnifies the feelings that we already have throughout the year, but in a time where it's like everything's supposed to be perfect, you Mm -hmm. know? Well, yeah, even as you say that, I think it's a season of a lot of expectation. And even as I thought that, as I was thinking through this conversation, 
I was like, wow, we talked a lot about that in our Advent episode that even like the definition of Advent is like expectant hope of what's to come. And so I just thought, wow, we are people built for the expectation for something greater. And I think a lot of times we hear expectation like a negative connotation of like, just get rid of your expectations. Don't have them. And I'm like, well, that's unrealistic. Like we're humans. And I actually think we are made by a creator to have expectations because he made us with feelings and emotions that are both good and bad and hard and ugly and kind and not kind, you know, like all these things he created us that way. And so if you're sitting in a season that you thought, oh, wow, I like thought it was going to be something else. And I'm bummed that my expectation isn't reality. Or even like, I'm just bummed that I have this expectation. I want you to feel really seen in that. It is a very normal thing to say like, no, I just expected it to be different and it's not. And that's making it really sad and hard. And so I hope you don't feel lonely in that because I think actually like we were created for that. And I think it's something that then we have to have the conversation of like, okay, so then what do we do with that missed expectation? What do we do with that missed or lost anticipation of what we thought a season would be. Yeah, because a lot of times the thing with expectations, it's like not bad that we have them, but oftentimes they're built on our own humanness and they're misplaced expectations. So instead of looking to Christ or to God for like, hey, what does God's word say about how my expectations should frame my day to day, my life, my time around the holiday season? It's like, well, we have all these other things that we kind of cloud it with. So yeah. And sometimes just naming that, oh, I had the expectation it was going to look like this and it didn't like that a lot of times relieves it for me. Like if it's in my head, I'm sulking over it. But if I just say it sometimes, it's almost like you can grieve it and move on. I was thinking too, Christmas comes obviously at the end of the year. And so for a lot of people, I think it's a good time that they're reflecting on either it was a great year or it was a horrible year. And so I think that brings sometimes emotions up because you're like, crap, this year just got away from me. How is it Christmas again? Mm -hmm. I didn't accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. I didn't accomplish what I wanted to with my career or I I didn't win the chili cook-off that I wanted to win. (laughs) I was going to say something a little bit more serious, but yes, (laughs) I was going to say like, yeah, I would have promised you last year that this year I would have been pregnant or had a baby by this Christmas. Mm -hmm. Like, or been engaged. Yeah, or... we reflect on the year around Christmas too. And so I think that brings a heaviness to this time of year because you're like, oh my gosh, it happened so quickly. Another one is here and look where I'm at. I'm disappointed with where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Which again, is just like we want you to feel normal yeah. and just seen and known in that. Because again, I don't think it's crazy that no. any of us would feel like that. No, it's reality. But what do we do with this? Yeah. Right? I get to share an office at my workplace. I work at a local church, obviously. And I get to share an office with the woman who runs our care ministries. And she is actually one of the people we've had her on the podcast before. She's one of the greatest people I learned from in this area because, to be honest, her work is really sad. Her work is really hard. I work in operations. So my stuff is really like logistics Mm -hmm. and plans and schedules and policies. And she works with people and their hearts and real life situations are going on. some of the hardest situations you might ever find yourself. She runs our ministries like single moms, divorce care and grief share. And she runs all of our like benevolence funds that support people who don't have meals coming in and they don't know where their next meal is coming from. And so I learned the most from her actually in this area. And it's just really cool because one of the very first things that if you're sitting in a season of just feeling really lonely, feeling really sad, I think the best thing you can do is I know it's easier said than done, but to bring other people into it. I was going to say that for my first one Say it out loud. So good. Like, this is hard. That I'm not excited for this season. I've actually cried every night in my bed this season. I'm feeling really lonely. You know, I think of all those people who just are like, I'm really struggling and I don't feel like I have anyone to pull into that. And so I think I just want to start there because I think maybe you're listening to this episode 
and you say, that's me. You got to bring people in. Find a safe person who you can share that with. But then maybe you're listening to this episode and you're like, I'm really joyful. I don't feel like that. Well, then like you need to practice being a person that makes people comfortable so they can share that with you. Yeah. And so on either spectrum where you're coming from into this conversation, we got to be people on both Mm -hmm. ends, either be vulnerable or make sure we're the person who's asking and responding well to the person who's sharing with us. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, like just name that this holiday doesn't feel like it should to you. And I was just thinking as you were talking about like bring someone in, I'm thinking like a lot of times people don't have anyone to bring. Like you're hearing us say, tell someone, share vulnerably. It's like some people are like, I don't even have a friend that I could say, hey, how was your day to? Why do you think I have someone that I can share my deepest feelings. And that that's a reality too. Like I want to just recognize loneliness. And like Christian said on the flip side, this is an extra special time to look for people who are vulnerable in your community or even just people maybe that don't seem vulnerable from the outside, but just to like have that, you know, you hear about like extra kindness of the holidays. There is something too to having an eye to look for like, how can I show someone extra grace, extra kindness? Because it is this just like emotionally heightened time, whether good or hard. You know what I mean? A lot of the conversation we've been having on the podcast is just like, in our small interactions of a day, if you are even sitting there, you're like, I don't even know who I would share that with. Even just being the person who says, I'm going to be the vulnerable person to ask the person at the checkout counter, like, how are you doing today? And genuinely listen to their answer. Or the person who is really grouchy in traffic that flips me off or is just like rude that you're like, you know, what? I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's going through a really hard thing that I think can be a season where we pay extra close attention to that. But also just like we get the awesome gift of being able to like come before the creator of the world and the creator of us and say like, God, help me have an eye to see people who are feeling unseen this holiday season. Give me the wisdom. Give me the words. Give me the eyesight to see those people. And I think we can start even just right there. Yeah. And if you are completely lonely, I know in my loneliest times, even if you have all these people around you, but you still feel so alone. It's like reminding ourselves that we still have God with us and he sees us and knows us better than any person ever could. Obviously, again, easier said than done when you're wrapped in those feelings. But the second thing I really think is important, and it's so practical, and it's just like, come on, you guys are so sick of hearing me talk about this. But when people are going through a hard time, I think the worst thing you can ever do is be on social media. Because if you are struggling, then you get on that app and you see, okay, the garlands the last few years of Christmas are insane. Like, the garlands are perfect. Like, the, garlands. the garlands. The garlands. It's the bows. Like, you see all of these things. So whether it's like the perfect house or whether you see the neighbor down the street that went to like the 17 the family picture, everything, maybe you are in the hospital with your child through this holiday season. And you're like, wow, they got to go to their kids Christmas party. It's just, I think it's such an unhealthy place. Like if you are already in an unhealthy spot, like it just magnifies everything you're feeling. And I would love to say that we can all be big enough to be in a dark place and get on social media and say it doesn't affect us. Not worth it. It it does. It's not worth trying it. It's not worth tempting it. You know, not worth even tempting it because again, like we are all going to be swayed one way. And it's just one of those things. It's like, no, I mean, we all are going to get on there to view and probably compare, be jealous and sad. And so, yeah, I have that on my list, too. I'm like, just get off of it. I mean, it's not a place that is going to bring health probably in this season. Right. I even thought when I read some of those statistics about the like 66% of people who feel more isolated and lonely during this season, some of the things they were even talking about is I thought the important parts of your life is like keeping healthy habits in this season. It's a really easy season to 
just obviously eat a lot of foods that we're not used to eating and to also not be as active as we're used to being. So they were talking about those two things like physically our bodies function with different chemicals and hormones. And as much as we can regulate those, especially in a season that you're mentally just not feeling well or just like you know, your spirit is down that as much as you can stay in the habits of staying healthy and active in those ways that you routinely do, because often around the holidays, we can miss those. And we don't really think about it. But God created us with hearts and minds and our bodies that are all connected. And so keeping that in mind, and just keeping that in the forefront of something you can like, stay active and healthy working on. Yeah. Another thing I was thinking of, if you're in a season where you're like, okay, I'm overrun with grief right now, or mentally, I don't have the energy to give and do all the things. Maybe like think through one thing that you can really look forward to. Like it can be a really small thing. It could be like getting your favorite takeout meal on one night right before Christmas, whatever it is that you could like really look forward to and plan for that in whatever way you can. Maybe that can be something that you're like, okay, I can't do all the things that I normally do in a holiday season or that I would like to do that I see online. But like, what are like one or two things? Maybe it's like one fun holiday outing, like going to see the lights or something that at this point, it's like, okay, I don't feel like doing that. But I know ultimately that is something that has brought me joy in the past or like could bring me joy. So I'm going to like try to not force it in a bad way, but I'm going to try to just do it and see if that helps me feel excited. No, I love that. Our lists are very much in sync because literally you said like, don't forsake meaningful traditions. Mm -hmm. And again, in these reports of just like, when you look at people or even when I talk to my office mate that I was mentioning, the ways that we, again, if you are coming into the season not in a hard place, we can play a role in this, that we can play a role in inviting other people to join our traditions. But if you are sitting here, that you are just like in a really hard space and grieving or just broken right now, that just pick something that really does mean something to you, that even if it looks a little different, even if it looks a little hard, that it will probably pay off if you put the effort forth to say, no, I am going to still make hot cocoa and drive around and look at the lights hot because <laughs> that's what <laughs> that's what we used to do growing up. Or I am going to go do that. Or I am going to mail out a Christmas card with my like annual updates or whatever that may be that don't just totally forsake those meaningful traditions because those are also the things that have made you you and that as hard as they are, you're also in that grief, you can also celebrate that like, I am excited to do this piece, but then be people who also invite other people into your traditions as well. Just knowing again, that's part of the expectation of this season. Yeah, I think going away from the practical and kind of just like generally saying what this can look like, I think part of our humanness is that we want to separate joy and sadness. Like it's very complex for us to see how we could mix the two. And we've talked about this before. Hopefully you know this if you're a believer that God, that's what he says it's all about is that he is present with us. There can be this tension between grief and joy. You can have happy moments in times of deep sadness. So I think what we tend to do is we try to say, oh, this is supposed to be a happy time. So I'm going to shove all these deep, hard feelings to the side because I just don't want to face them right now. And I think there can be beauty in saying like, yes, this is supposed to be a happy, joyful season. And it still can be. But I'm also walking through something really hard. How can I bring that to God? It's actually a time where we can invite him in to do work in our hearts and our lives that maybe we aren't thinking through as much in a normal week or normal month or season. So I think that's helpful. Yeah. And we don't want to sound cliche. We don't want to sound like, oh, let's 
that's just like Jesus juke your heart Mm -hmm. situation. Like that is not our hope or desire at all. But I think the reality of it is, is when we can sit in that this world feels really messy. It feels really broken, feels really hard. And so if you're sitting in a season of feeling those emotions because of sin around you or sin in us, that the reality of it is, is like Jesus's birth in this season as Christians that we get to celebrate was really messy. I mean, we can talk about just like the barn and the stable and the chaos of what was an ideal circumstance. No, it was not ideal circumstances. And that hope still came that God did still reign. And one thing I was thinking through, we started listening to Christmas music and putting up our tree the other day and we were listening to Christmas hymns and I thought, Oh, Holy Night is like one of my favorite hymns. Obviously very classic. Oh, but, holy night. Is that's it good. Faith Hill's version. Yes. Yeah. But one of the lyrics in that is till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. And I remember growing up, I didn't really know what that meant. And you know, when you sing a hymn and you're like, I don't really understand that. But it's now actually become one of my favorite hymns around the Christmas season. And I was just thinking about that verse that until he appears, we won't really know ourselves. We won't feel totally complete. We won't feel completely whole as people. And so I think just the awesomeness that if you are feeling sad or depressed in the season, that we get to wait and hope that we get to, like Samantha was just saying, we get to, which I know it sounds weird to say get, but we get to grieve with the hope that like this world is not my home, that I am not made for this place. I'm not going to be stuck here for eternity. And until he appears, this will feel chaotic. I will feel disconnected. I will feel probably parts of isolation or sadness or brokenness, but that we get to do all of those things in the hope and expectation of what's to come. And so we hope that's encouraging to you. It just really stuck out to me as I was preparing to share today. So yeah, I hope that this conversation doesn't come off as like Samantha and I, we want to enter into that season with you all. Yeah, this year's circumstances in my family personally are not ideal for the most perfect Christmas ever, for sure. And don't we all want to be people to like come alongside people who in our lives to say, hey, God, give me the eyes to see people who need to be seen and to care for people who need to be cared for and make it all a more like joyful season in that way. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Bye.